Hello and welcome to the First Issue Club podcast, where your weekly comic book reading club, where just like Sue Storm, we love a good read. So solemn. <laughs> it's like you were about to deliver bad news to the country. I, I, th- <laughs> I thought about doing a monotone one. And Which is what people love to hear. I, yeah, I think that's some great energy to come into the show with, and we'll escalate it as it continues on. Yeah. It only works if you do it as Ira Glass. <laughs> Welcome to the First Issue Club podcast, where, just like Reed Richards, we love a Sue Storm. I did it backwards on purpose. You did do it, but uh, that's all right. On you, purpose. You did your Ira Glass way. Okay. Well, I'm Mike. I'm Greg. And I'm Ira Glass. Now I'm Vargas. Do you think we could ever get Ira Glass on First Issue Club? Are you Dude, serious? <laughs> I would... Shit myself. I <laughs> unless we had him tied Amer- up in the closet. Are you a big This American Life fan? No, I'm a big This American Life production fan. Like oh, the, you like the dude, dude, dude. The their whole like their whole vibe uh-huh. is like perfect. I love his voice. I love the way that they like do all of their audio. It just it's great. The content Settle is like down, whatever. Man. <laughs> I know he's a radio host, but that's about it. He's on NPR, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That ain't comic books, and that's not why I'm here. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> well, this episode, we're going to do the things we normally do. We're going to say, hey, we also have a Patreon. If you can't get enough, go over there. Lots of video, fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you can watch our regular episodes on YouTube now. Yep. Yep. And they're just sitting out there for free on YouTube, not behind a paywall. That's correct? Just the, the regular episodes. The, the regular Patreon episodes, episodes are. are behind the paywall, but not for very much, only for, for $3.99. For our patrons, for $3.99 a month. Um, we are going to be talking comic book news. Mm-hmm. We are going to be talking the first issues we read this week. And we are going to be talking TowerCon. Mm-hmm. From which we had a great little visit. Post Tower Con conversation. Mm-hmm. PTC. <laughs> oh, whoop. <laughs> Got it in one. No notes. What do we want to start with, fellas? I'll give you, you know, you let me do my monotone intro. Yes. Um, and do all the fun parts of yeah, what, really getting everyone super riled up for yeah. what's to come. Frothing, people are frothing <laughs> right now, just wild. Which of these things do you want to hit first, me amigos? So, firstly, TowerCon Tower was Con. the past weekend. We had a great time. Uh, I just hit the microphone with my hand, reminiscent <laughs> of TowerCon, where I smashed a beer on the table yeah. in the, the the mere moments mm. that we started. I'm just glad I didn't get a picture. True. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you had just bought a very expensive comic book. Yes. And thank God it was slabbed. Yeah. Um, I got first appearance of the Wasp. Yay! We talked about it on the bonus episode, if people haven't listened to the bonus um, first appearance of the Wasp, Janet Van Dyne. I'm very excited. It's now the oldest comic book that I own. Oh, cool! It's but they a, still have worth. But it's in a th- three point five. Mm-hmm. I looked up and I was like, I wonder what happened this month in history. <laughs> Did I get scammed? And it was um, the most notable thing was um, Kennedy's. I'm a 
Berlin, it's like Eichbenein, Berliner, yeah, speech. So that was cool. It was it just felt like looking that up. I was like, man, this comic's fucking old. Yeah, it was just kind of it got me thinking about like history. Yeah, I wonder if John F. Kennedy read this and the time of publication. Yeah, JFK was <laughs> that wasp broad. <laughs> man, that Janet Van Dyne. What a beaut. What a lucka. <laughs> One day she's gonna name a superhero team. Yeah. It is cool. So Janet Van kind Dyne of mouthy though. Named the Avengers the Avengers. She uh-huh. sure did. It was her old. What, correct me if I'm wrong on this. Roller derby team. <laughs> it was her old roller derby team. She was a punk rocker in the '80s that transported back into uh-huh, <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. just, yeah. just post disco. She uh-huh. was still <laughs> enjoying roller skating. Mm-hmm. And Marvel predicted all of this stuff and had yeah. a great history with time travel and predictive trends. <laughs> yeah. The final thing that time traveling Janet Van Dyne mm-hmm. said was just like, oh, the final thing about 9-11, and then she just disappears. <laughs> Marvel predicted Billy Idol. And Billy Eilish. <laughs> um, but no, it's super cool to have an, uh, the first appearance of an original Avenger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... I say this a lot when I'm talking about a lot of my comic book collection that I think it is very sad what you can attain first appearances of women characters for that have massive standing in pop culture when mm-hmm. compared to their male counterparts who may have much less. <laughs> no, no and joke. And it the fact that I could even that a you know Good, I think it's good condition is three point five, com uh copy of, uh an Avenger is just like, insane. It yeah. is insane. It's the most insane thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm glad something you like have that it. seems like it should be like, one point five hundred dollars or something. One point five hundred dollars. One point five k. I was gonna say. <laughs> it seems like a fifteen hundred dollar comic. It really does. Because like the such a like she named the Avengers yeah and she's had a long lasting history with the characters and I wonder well that issue's got to be worth more because that's got to be Avengers number one right the Avengers the, number the, one the is the one where she, she names, names the yeah. team yeah it's yeah. at the end it's, of their it's like the final page yeah and Avengers. it's worth more because it's got more men in it so yeah. and there's <laughs> more tracks. men on the cover I think yeah 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 uh, but I think it's her I think it's her call sign I think Janet Van Dyne was in the air force or navy or what really yeah and and avenger was her call sign oh cool so she's got a cool back history right on yeah yeah so you got that and then um we got to talk to kyle strom yep and uh he's an amazing uh artist and then he's also from kansas city so that's why i got to meet him and yeah. then he dropped some pretty cool comic book information on us that uh some secret projects coming up. If you want to learn about those, go to the Patreon. It's on the free section, so you don't have to pay to listen to that episode. But it was a great time. TowerCon has always been great. I have yet to be disappointed by this mini-con that happens here in Kansas City uh, quarterly. Yep. So shout out to Best Car Books for letting us crash the party and record an episode there. That was really fun. Yeah. We can't, uh, can't wait till December when they do their year anniversary yeah. show Ooh la la which they're gonna be pulling out all the stops it's gonna be dope i'm gonna dress up as santa claus probably wow or santa paws 
That's something for me to really look forward to. Whatever I can afford at the time. (laughs) Maybe maybe I'll hold back my review of the Scratch and Sniff Santa cover for that episode. For that episode. Can can we that I I, I like that variant covers are now veering in that direction. Sure. Cause like bring bring the weird stuff. Bring the die cut covers, bring the scratch and sniff, bring the embossed or glow in the dark stuff i do patrol did the that. scratch off yeah. yes like the scratcher ticket the mirror thing yeah. that stuff just fills my heart with joy mm-hmm. like i love the old acetate covers that when you peeled it it revealed other things like yeah 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 they had like painted on the acetate like that stuff is why i got into comics mm-hmm. like the gimmicky because this is a, a hobby that you you have to judge a book by its cover yeah, yeah. it's basically mandatory that you do and so to have those gimmicky things pop out to you, like as a kid, that is what lured me to the racks. I especially love that Doom Patrol scratch off one because it's kind of like you have to ruin the comic book, yeah, to get the payoff. But that's totally Doom Patrol. Like and that's yeah, what they're all about. Exactly right. It's almost like a good commentary twist for how like punk rock that book is. Yeah. Well, and they've got a history doing that. Do you guys remember they had the sticker on the, the cover sticker. that you peeled off? Yeah. yeah. That was an homage to the. Uh, Andy, Warhol. Andy Warhol thing, yeah. yeah. Uh, what was that band? Fuck, Velvet Underground. Velvet yeah. Underground album yeah. cover, yeah. Which uh, the publisher Humanoid just did a big uh, trade about the history of the Velvet Underground. Oh, really? Yeah, we'll be is re- it in comic book form. Yeah, so we'll we'll be reviewing that on the website. Humanoid. Okay, so one of you mentioned a trades segment on first issue club <laughs> yes is that a bonus show or a segment we're gonna do a segment really if you a want segment whatever okay. you want to do so i i read two humanoid graphic novels this past week and i really enjoyed them both so i'm excited for you guys to um read them read those and talk about them project arca and then the other one was a stephanie phillips like muay thai yeah boxing book that the name's escaping me at the eight, moment eight, eight, limbs. eight limbs eight limbs because it's the eight limbs of maui tai aha yeah. um that book i love the twist and turns in eight limbs yeah and i think uh i, I won't try to shoehorn your review on it but like i want it to be a little longer it, sure i wanted a little more meat on that did we all read it some of us haven't because everyone else at the table is busy reading it so <laughs> well you can take it with you today <laughs> So salty. I'd rather just complain about it. <laughs> oh, salty, this guy. Moving on to the news section. Uh, there's a few things we need to cover. Mad Cave Studios has the rights to Dick Tracy, and they'll be releasing new Dick Tracy stories coming March 2024. Is Dick Tracy not in the public domain at this point? How fucking old is that character? Okay, no, because the original newspaper still owns the rights to it. Oh, and, is that what it is? Warren, well, they own parts of the rights to it. Okay. And Warren Beatty... Yeah. Bought a huge chunk of it. Yep. Because he had big plans for Dick Tracy, and it just well, didn't happen. Did you see the story that he filmed a little, like a weird short as Dick Tracy? Correct. And he Doing only, like a pizza commercial. <laughs> and he only did it to keep the copyright. Correct. Because I think you have to make something every yeah. so often for it to not expire. Correct. Yeah. It's bullshit. And that's why I love <laughs> Bush's Baked Beans. Have you Dick seen Tracy. It? Did you no. watch his video? I wonder if he got like the full makeup on and everything. Or... Well, so that's what's that's he's what's... so old at this just point. Like, he's but like just in like the, the old Nas. <laughs> 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 right, I'm Dick Tracy for Little Caesar's Pizza. 
that's what's so bullshit about it is like it's the same reason Roger Corman made that Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. Just so that the rights wouldn't lapse. Yeah. They they never even intended to release yeah. it. Because Warren so Beatty stupid. doesn't have any new ideas for Dick Tracy. Yeah. But he wanted to make sh- for damn sure he had the rights to it still. Yeah. <sighs> so fucking stupid. I think he wants to go to his grave being like the only Dick Tracy. Well, I mean, I'll send him there. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But yeah, so March 2024, Mad Cave's going to be releasing new Dick Tracy stuff by Alex Segura, Michael McCarr, and Geraldo Borge. Let me ask you this about Dick Tracy. Yo. Would you be mad if they modernized the character? So. Not at all. You wouldn't? So if they bring him into now. Here's the thing. I read the synopsis or the press release of this, and the writer was just like, we're excited to give a more. Uh, gritty and grounded view of Dick Tracy. And I was just like, ooh, uh, trepidatious already because yeah. the, the thing that I loved about Dick Tracy was the insane character design of every one of his... Yeah, the bright yellow. Rogue gallery uh-huh. people. Yeah. Like, you had Flat Top yep. and, like, all these crazy names and, like, they looked like the things that you were describing. That's yep. that's where the charm one of his came <laughs> from. Enemies is like straight up a triangle, man. Yeah, I mean, seriously, yeah. it's like Zippy the Pinhead. You're just like, okay, like whatever, yeah. dude, go for it. So like, I don't, but like, I don't want like Dick Tracy like cursing or like, you know what I mean, like a, a washed up alcoholic. Like they like really like turn heel they, on it. They when just you, make Dick Tracy Sin City. You know what I mean, I totally. mean, that's what I don't want. I I want it to. The, it, Dick Tracy can live in that realm of camp and charm. Yeah, and like. The walkie-talkie watches and, like, the little kid that helps him. Like, that's... What would you do with the walkie-talkie watch now? You just make it a smartwatch. Yeah. But then it's not, like, especially cool. Right. Yeah. That's why Dick Tracy and, like, Get Smart have to live in a certain time period. Yeah, I don't think so, man. Look, as... So, you modernize him and he just wears a smartwatch like a normal guy. Look, he dude, doesn't have like any like as the resident James Bond fan at the table. Yeah. you can modernize that kind of stuff. Like, look at look at Daniel Craig. He got he had basically no gadgets, right? The gadget that he had was the the tracker that he put in his shoe uh-huh. and a gun that only he could shoot. But I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like the big thing of James Bond Patreon.com slash First Issue Club. <laughs> Uh, we do a Patreon about uh, James Bond on there. Uh, the thing about James Bond is it was less about gadgets and more about him just being a suave super spy with a gun. But the whole thing in the seventies was the gadgets. He had a he had a but he, but that's of a time period. That's when Dick Tracy was popping off. The, that's when like Get Smart and the Man from Uncle and the watch is a singular accessory that you just associates so strongly with Dick Tracy. Yeah, it's that in the yellow not, coat. He d- does not seem like the character without a walkie-talkie watch. So I will say this. In the promo art, he's wearing a walkie-talkie watch. Is he? Okay. And but, I'll it's, say, but it's set in like the 20s. I I don't know. Yeah. But I, he has a walkie-talkie watch. I think you guys are putting Dick, my man Dick Tracy in a box. Oh, we're putting baby in a corner? And you know what? He's more than his walkie-talkie watch. Okay. He's a rich, sophisticated woman who don't need no man. <laughs> well, since uh, we're moving on from that, the uh, the ultimate oh, ultimate invasion, it's yes. ended. Okay. Yeah. 
uh, spoiler alert, the Ultimate Universe is back, I guess. So it's been announced that Jonathan Hickman and Marco Cicchetto are doing an Ultimate ultimate Spider-Man franchise uh, coming next year. We'll find out more about it uh, in October when uh, New York Comic Con. Mm -hmm. And presumably, so they're doing a one-shot called Ultimate Universe. Mm -hmm. Presumably... More information will be coming in that. I I imagine that's like what Marvel does with every new big kickoff thing, where they just like give you a big annual sized yeah flip book of just like here's the stuff to look out for. Yeah. <laughs> we get to like oh hey. twelve dollars please yeah <laughs> art germ cover. <laughs> Do we know if it's this? I'm assuming it's the same Ultimate Universe as before. No. It's a different because it's been universe. it's been recreated. It's reset because of the events. Yeah, so we don't Ultimate even know Invasion. who this Spider Man's gonna be. Okay. So, I mean, really, the Spider Boy that we're seeing now could be in the Ultimate Universe. Oh, you know what I mean? Interesting. So, yeah. um, a lot of new things are happening. I, am I excited about the Ultimate Universe being back? No, <laughs> not really. I would be more excited if they had announced, like, hey, Ultimate Spider-Man's coming back. We're also doing Ultimate Captain America and Ultimate Thor and the Ultimates. I don't want to get into that again. Really? Me, me no, either. fuck no. That's what I'm talking about. Cause now I don't it's... want two titles for every character. Right, because now I'm conflicted. Do I pick up regular Captain America yeah, or Ultimate I gotta Captain pick America? I, I missed the train the first time on the, all the Ultimate stuff. So, so did I. So now I'm not. So now I don't feel FOMO for like this new stuff coming out. I'm just yeah. like, ah, skip it. <laughs> like I don't need it. I just like the idea of creators getting the freedom to like do stuff like Miles, right? I, that like, I totally agree with that. And if it's good, I'll get it in trade. But like that is a <laughs> lot now. Yeah. That is definitely that. That was my biggest complaint when it happened in the first place. I'm just like, what the fuck? I have two Spider-Man books that I have to look out for mm-hmm. now. It, it's it was just too much. I, I, I like the general vibe of the idea of the Ultimates, like different versions of the superheroes that we've come to know and love. But it was... Dope. Yeah, my thing was I could go into my comic shop and I could pick up an issue of Fantastic Four and be like, I haven't been reading Fantastic Four, but I get the gist because I know who the characters are. Yeah. If I see a cool cover of one of the Ultimates and I don't even like clock necessarily that it's <laughs> in yeah. the Ultimate Universe and I pick it up and I get it home and I'm like, what? Well, this <laughs> isn't who Reed Richards is. This isn't and my Johnny Storm. Yeah, it's very, uh, it was just a pain in my ass, I felt like, when it was happening. And it littered the dollar bins as soon yeah. as it was over. Right. But... We have more to look forward to, apparently, for the for the ultimate universe. We'll see if it's just if if I can if I can keep it to Jonathan Hickman writing an interesting new Spider Man, I'm automatically giving that five or six issues sight unseen. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna buy it and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Marco Cicchetto, like, yeah, the, the, he's a crazy artist. Mm-hmm. So, like, hell yeah. Um, my last bit of news here, uh, Distillery announces comic from artist uh, Merca Indolfo that is the follow-up series from Devil's Cut yeah. from the big annual that they put out, and it's called Blasphemous, yeah. which is like kind of follows like the- uh, It's like demons or pop stars. Yeah, and like the obsession with like media and like mm-hmm. clout and like just 
how, how they deal with that. That so, story was dope in Devil's Cut. It was cool. Yeah. So, but it, it kind of gives some weight to our argument, Vargas, of just like those little stories in that annual are going to get bigger spin out because this is going to be a five issue uh, mini series. Oh, that cool. Merca's doing. So, I mean, uh, Chunyan did one as well, yeah. and like so many others, like that is just kind of like their preview section before the movie. Of totally. like, here's some stuff we're working on. Like, look out for it in the yeah. in the coming year. I think they're all going to be like massive premium format books too. Yeah, everything yeah. I'm seeing is yeah, big looks, old. Covers. It looks like they're sticking with that, which is cool. Yeah. If they, the price is down. Uh, yeah. If the price is right. Yeah. Which we'll see. Yeah. More to come well, on that. I think that. their thing is like we're a premium format publisher bringing you like the best talent and this is like prestige sort of stuff. So yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of the thing they're selling me. So I'm not going to I'm not going to complain so much about the price sure. point on it. I mean, I'm going to get it. Don't well, I mean, get me wrong. This is my thing. Again, if you if you're a big Merc and Dolfo fan. Yeah. Pre-order it on one of many sites or your local comic shop so you get your 30-35% discount on it and right. pay much less for that comic book. Right. Where do you get a 35% discount on comic Previews. books? Mid, I, everything I pre-order on Midtown is 35% off cover. That's T-Fall's, bananas. T-Fall's the same. T-Fall's 15%. T-Fall's 30 if you order it before the FOC. Yeah. Really? Yes. Uh-huh. You, if you pre-order it for the FOC, you get thirty. Yeah, I, I think Midtown just did the extra five just to like. I had no idea edge to steal Tifa. Yeah, I had. They're no like idea. their biggest online competitor. We will show you the way. <laughs> and that's all the dynamic breaking news that I had. Uh, I want to ask you guys ab- about your thoughts on Vengeance of the Moon Knight. Are you guys going to pick it up? Are you going to be yes, Moon Knight oh, with me? I've yeah, pre-ordered totally. it. Hell yeah. It's a big moment in comic book and Marvel lore. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for the all Moon Knight episode then. <laughs> all Moon Knight episode. <laughs> we're, we're, we were now Moon Boys and by the end of it we'll become <laughs> Moon Men. Moon Men. Moon <laughs> <laughs> um, Men. Were you going to cover your trade this episode or no? No, I think we were all going to read it. Yeah, I think oh, we've all. Everyone's got to read. I misunderstood. Okay, cool. Yeah, did you read Project Arca? Not yet. It was oh. wrapped in. Four, uh, I didn't know if they had, you had two copies of it or just the oh, one. Uh-huh. No, yeah. no, no, no. Oh, that thing God. looks awesome. It was so fucking cool. It's uh, adapted from a novel. Aha! Uh-huh. Oh. And but, novels, if you don't know, are basically comic books with no pictures. Yeah, the that sounds terrible. The word, the do worst, the uh, the. the picture making yeah like so it's crazy you read the words and like a mind picture starts forming like in your brain and oh like a brain movie i've had those (laughs) you know what i uh i'll say this was a really good waking dream this was a really good adaptation too because it didn't do the thing where there's just like fuck tons of narration (laughs) i hate hate, especially in movies too yeah sometimes you have a book made into a movie and it's just like why it's are you just, reading me the it's chapter? It's just someone reading at you for yeah. like an entire like bit where um, they made a good point of this on one of the movie podcasts I listened to. I can't remember which one about how. How did this get made? Sometimes writers just fall in love with uh-huh. the wording of something. And if they're involved in 
the script being adapted and creating the thing, they're just like, I can't lose this line. Yeah. But it just doesn't make sense for a character to ever say this beautiful thing you wrote. It might have been um, subtitles only, <laughs> which is the Hollywood Handbook Guys yeah. um, movie podcast. It's pretty good. It is funny when like you see movies that have been adapted from novels and like you see like actors trying to like portray a beautiful verse from a book, but like as like common speech, and you're just yeah. like, no people fucking like way, people talk like that. Yeah. Like I'm a buffoon. Like I I trip over like <laughs> goodbye and good luck all the time. Uh-huh. So like, there's no way that like this eloquent British bastard <laughs> is like speaking in soliloquy the whole goddamn time <laughs> and not not stepping over one word, not one word. I don't think so. Get him, wow. Greg. Rant yeah. over. Let's get into the comics. Okay. Comics. <laughs> Our famous transition music. <laughs> I only read one book this week. I read two. Good. Hey. Uh, I read... Hey, guys, three comics? That's an episode, my man. That's uh, plenty. I am stoked about... I was more stoked about this Dawn of DC book than I was for any of the other ones. Oh. Uh, Cy Spurrier and Mike Diodato Jr.'s Flash. Yeah, so uh, I'm a I've always been a big proponent of I don't like flash books because they just seem really Dude, hard. Same. You guys are missing out. Josh Williamson's run on Flash was twenty five so years. Good. It's so good though. I do like Cy Spurrier a lot. I love Cy Spurrier. Mm-hmm. I love Diodato Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is issue. 801 in legacy number. Correct. They should have made it what they should have done. Skip the stupid anthology thing. Everyone's like, I don't want to buy. Mm-hmm. And they should have made this big first issue. 800. 800. Hit it with a whammy. Yeah. Well, sure. Yeah. All right. And also, we should probably note, because I'll be mentioning it in the Power Girl book that I covered. All these people are a little different now because of the Lazarus reign. Yes, that's why it's like dawn of a new DC. Yeah, yeah, so everyone's got kind of the same powers, but some are a little different. Yeah, well, so the first first and foremost... I've got takes on the Power Girl thing. Sweet. First and foremost, this is Wally West. Mm-hmm. This is not Barry Allen. Um, and it is very much a family book, kind of first and foremost. It has that same kind of like Batman vibe yeah. where you get like the Batman team up Sorry, books. I immediately went to... Fast and Furious. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's about family. Flash is about family. He is Fast and Furious. He is Fast <laughs> and Furious. Um, They've renamed him to Dom. <laughs> this this is very much like a jumping off point for like larger stories that are going to show later mm-hmm. on. Um, some of the plot points they bring in here. Um, Wally is working for uh, Mr. Terrific at Terrific Tech. Which is a cool interaction. You you get that, you know, Wally's kind of like a playful, carefree guy, and Mr. Terrific is like very self-serious. Very self-serious, very straight-laced. Um, they are investigating aberrations within the speed force, where like, for example, Wally says that like punching somebody hurts. And if you know anything about the speed force, it's supposed to like basically protect you from all that stuff while you're doing speedster stuff. Um some of the other weird speed force stuff that happens in here is 
while Wally's trying to save some people, they get like stuck in like speed force time bubbles and start floating up away from the earth. We don't know why it's happening. And you and you're confused and you're confused why I stay away from flashbacks. Greg's expression while you're explaining this. It's just like, oh man, the <laughs> We're getting into the logistics of the speed force finally. Yes. It does not sound interesting to me. Sorry. But doesn't he have does he have new he's a dead Marcus is just shaking his head at us. You are the disappointed dad right now. You guys I love Cy Spurrier, but I'm like I can't hash out this whole family. I can't. Their thing is going fast in the speed force. That's it. And it's just That's like, all you need to know. They run fast. That's the whole thing. But that's my thing. That's the whole thing. Yeah. I'm kind of like, I don't need it in my life. I buy so many. my <laughs> Out of my comics budget, I got to draw a line somewhere. And the flash is plenty below and that apparently line. Apparently, it's at the Scarlet Speedster. Even if one of my Jeez. favorite writers is is writing it. And no kidding, Cy Spurrier is one of my favorite all-time comic book writers. This is a draw a line comic book for me. Well, you're missing out because, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Gorilla Grodd shows up in this, and he's okay. he's doing Speed Force stuff too. We don't know what's going on with that. Oh wait, can I just inter- interject real quick? <laughs> to, to honestly, the Flash maybe has the best rogue gallery. Yeah, like his super sick. The character designs for his villains are pretty rad. That rogues book we were just talking about, all Flash villains. Yes, that's absolutely correct. Uh. So Grodd shows up in this. I know Mirror Master is going to show up in a future book, but the the big reveal at the end of this is that the Speed Force. I, I I'm interpreting this. The Speed Force is getting personified. Oh, so, so it's going to become a person. It be it a creature shows up at the end of this book. You're the, inside of me. Well, the, so there's this. <laughs> oh, get out! Get out! <laughs> You're in my veins. <laughs> Me no likey. That's his first line he utters. <laughs> Mother. <laughs> Why is he dancing? Mother. <laughs> so th- there's this like bolt of blue light that, go- that goes Superman. throughout this whole book. Yeah. And at the end, you find out that it's just like some dude. And you know that this is a Cy Spurrier book because it becomes body horror immediately. Oh, okay. And this dude like melts and like twists and becomes this horrible like suffering person and out of his body comes this horrible looking speed force creature okay okay you've hooked me yeah with that stuff but the pill i gotta swallow to get there is rough it's it's a jagged you guys need to give it a chance Here's what I'm gonna do. I'll have you brief me on each new issue. Look, I'm just saying. Last time I talked about a flashbook on here, you guys were like, "Oh yeah, it sounds great." The sixty second. War. Yeah, sixty second war. Yeah, that rule. That concept was very cool. Yeah, and I'm telling you, this is gonna be awesome too. Yeah. Okay, I get it. And both those books were great, but I was fulfilled just from <laughs> yeah. your description. I didn't have to read it, and like the the for the flash, the idea and the concepts and hearing about it is way better than me sitting down being like, okay, so what the fuck? And also, I keep getting confused with Barry Allen and Wally West because they look the goddamn same, just because they have the same costume. 
Yeah. Thank and, you. And are related. <laughs> Do you see? Do you see, folks? Yeah. <laughs> Bring back impulse. That's all I'm saying. Well, I read a book on DC called Power Girl. I hate Power Girl. She's just Superman, but a lady. You see, that's how you guys sound. Well, take it up with Leah Williams and Eduardo uh, Pansica. Well, I think this is a great transition into her new Lazarus uh, rain power. Oh, yeah. The portal one? She ditched the cape and got a coat. She ditched the cape, got a coat. She follows the exact thing that I want in every comic book. Give our heroes coats. They look way cooler in coats. For sure. Yeah, than capes. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so her new thing. The portal thing. No, does she do a portal thing? She has a new one where she can, like, punch things through portals into, like, at the end of this book, there's a bomb, okay? Okay. She takes the bomb from Earth to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. That's one of her new powers. She can think it and appear there. That's dope. Okay. One of her things is telepathy. With her new friend. Yes. That she's been doing like telepathy therapy and mm-hmm. and helping other people out with like mind invasion problems by like diving into their consciousness and um, solving those problems. Right. So I think one of the things was Power Girl is a iconic character that is somewhat well loved, but is too similar to all of the other. Um, super Kryptonian, super Kryptonian family. Yes. Um, it should be noted she's from a different Earth. Yes, she's from Earth Two. Earth Two. Yes. Um, God. <laughs> you see, folks. Nerd alert. You see. <laughs> but in in any case, I feel like they somewhat Jean Grey affied her. If she can punch things through portals, they mm-hmm. somewhat. America Chavez affied her. Yes. They're just differentiating her and giving her a couple more powers that make her a different sort of hero. They're making her more complex than her initial debut was girl with a big boob window. Yes. Which right. is 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 fine because she had the same powers essentially as Superman. Uh-huh. She's very strong. She can fly. But she, her identity was wrapped up in her body, essentially, in her yeah. her, her her breasts. Let's get it out there. Um, and so now they're adding more layers to her as a person and as a superhero. Well, which is why I thought the telepathy thing from Leah Williams was genius, mm-hmm. just because it's like will immediately make this like a thinking person's character. <laughs> yeah, it's like having a radio watch right in your head. Um, but yeah, she's, Leah Williams is so good at writing. Full stop. (laughs) Yeah, full stop. Totally. Um, but in particular, um, great at writing women, great at writing women with depth, great at writing women with depth that, um, are real, feel like sexy and strong Mm -hmm. and like own their sexuality and stuff like that. Sure. There, there's just been a handful of different like X comics she's written, um, that have this vibe to it that I think are is going to serve Power Girl really well in, mm-hmm. in making that character less of a 
sideshow character yeah. and more of a fun empowerment sort of character. Yes. Okay. A lot of pressure on I think a lot of pressure on Leah Williams to write this book because when a lot of people saw her name attached to it, they assumed that it was going to be making some grandiose statement about femininity and, and what, it, what it means to be like yeah and, and objectified and I think like it, that. I think really the message she's going to try to get across here from the night terror stuff I read and this book I read this week is just like it's about belonging and like who you are as a person yeah. and like rebranding yourself. Yeah. Being part of the super family, but like not really being welcome. Or yeah. Not feeling like she's one of them. Yeah. And so um, at the end of the, so the book is basically power girl getting an, a new non superhero name page and like trying to rebrand herself as like a, this philanthropist in science. Wow. <laughs> Porky pigging it over here. <laughs> and uh, you know, trying to do good uh, outside of her superhero ness. Yeah. And, um, you know, she throws this uh, party to introduce her new secret identity, which she immediately goes into Power Girl, like in front of camera. So it's already ruined. Yeah. And uh, she, she, when she, teleports this bomb from this like new villain that we see on the scene she drops it in the uh the marionic trench uh -huh. in the bottom of the ocean i know i said that wrong folks i'm sorry but like the atlanteans are now mad at her yeah and so the last bit of the book is her interacting with superman i'm just like listen we got to talk here for a second i'm just yeah. like you need to think more when you do stuff because like if you have the power to teleport a bomb anywhere is like you could have done space the earth's core like he's just like list these places just like he's like we finally had brokered peace with like the atlanteans and like yeah. now that is gone like i know you're trying to figure this stuff out but like we as a as the kryptonian super family like we we need to hold ourselves to a higher mm -hmm. pedigree yeah and then he reveals that like there's a new virus going around that is affecting humans and like the main cause of it is the Kryptonian blood from Earth Two, so like, oh, okay. so he like sends her on this mission of just like you need to figure out where it's coming from and yeah. and how it's hurting people because like the the general public news stations haven't picked up on it yet, but he's like I I need to stay here and like figure all this shit out. But like you need to go where this virus is is picking up and and figure out if there's like a Another person from Earth too that is Kryptonian. Like, oh, hurt, like that'd be hurt, interesting. Like hurting people. We get a reveal of a character from yeah. Earth too. Yeah, or like someone has taken your blood. Like so, yeah. now we're gonna go on this whole other journey. And so, um, yeah, it that, that it's a, another thing about rebranding yourself, being who you are, the bumps and bruises that come along with it, and. Um, worldwide viruses <laughs> it sounds good but there's no speed force in it minimal <sighs> minimal speed force <laughs> how many gorillas does she fight none yet because there's a lot in flash <laughs> uh let me ask this can the is superman not fast enough to enter the Speed Force? Or is like anyone in the Super Family like a Power Girl? That they enter the is Speed Force? a Quora question that I was going to ask. 
they oh really they are not tapped into the speed force so they don't get yeah. their speed from the speed force the correct. flash family right. does. correct that's why their chakras are different <laughs> that's why the flash will always outrun superman okay because his is is from the earth sun an entire well superman is limited to like how fast a kryptonian can run yeah just like yeah. there is a top speed for a human mm-hmm but the Flash is like literally tapped into a thing that makes things Ancient go fast. source of power in the world. Like that's kind of cool. Like that is like really neat. But like, yeah. th- and not to get back to the Flash stuff, but like they beat the shit out of that storyline. Like I well, know the Speed Force is like the whole thing, but like get a new bit. Well, that's so that's what that's what's cool about this particular story is that like throughout it. You know, he goes to work and he's working with Mr. Terrific and mm-hmm. he's they are like trying to quantify and figure out what the fuck the speed force is. And yep. Wally is saying, like, as a speedster, it is like my God. Right. Like, no, for sure. Yeah. I, I, you know, this is this is a thing that's thinking and feeling. And all these scientists are like, no, it's numbers and math. This is my Deepak Chopra. Well, and then at the end, it's like this horrible deity that shows up. Whatever. You guys don't even care. You don't even care I about I like Flash. that aspect of it. What do you want to see personified Speed Force do? Well, is it going to be friend or foe? Start a screamo band. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to... I'm gonna Speed sh- metal? Oh, there you go. Now you're talking. I am the Flash. Think of the solos personified Speed Force could play. Oh. Yeah. It looks okay. like an alien. All right. With Spike? Yeah, you're kind of sold now, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, it looks cool, but I still want it explained by you. Is that a Spike cape? Yeah, I don't know, man. It looks like, you remember those trees that used to be in? <laughs> Do you remember trees? In Lee Summit? Lee Summit had all these, like, diseased trees that had, like, crazy spikes, spikes coming out of them. That sounds I, metal. I, if, if they looked like that, I definitely wouldn't remember what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> My neighborhood had a lot of them. What else did you read? Uh, I also read Yusagi Ujimbo, Ice and Snow, Part One. Dope. Of five by Stan Sakai on Dark Horse, but it's also on Doku Publishing, which is uh, Stan Sakai's uh, imprint. Imprint. Um, this is your standard Yusagi story. Which is not a dig, it is a, a call to arms, which is like, everyone should be reading this fucking book, because Stan Sakai has been doing the same storyline, the, the same through line, for damn near 30 years now. Mm-hmm. Maybe more so. Can I... Is this a safe space? Uh, yes. I've never read a Yusagi. Oh. That's well, fine. Yeah. Nori Yojimbo. <laughs> which is crazy, because... Your love for samurai films, you this is right up your alley. Yeah, totally. It's just anthropomorphic, yeah, creatures as samurais. Yeah, and um, I mean, this is a this is some same old stuff. Like they're traveling through the Japanese high high mountains, run across some bandits. They handle them quite easily, but then they stumble upon a mysterious hut. Um, by this woman who uh, is uh, uh, too eager to help them spend the night mm-hmm. in her cold mountain hut all alone. And then uh, demonology ensues. <laughs> but it's, it's great. I mean, like, it, it is wild in this day and age that 
I think the only other people I know that have done it is um, Todd McFarlane with Spawn. Is this like he's the sole creator of Usagi? I mean, now McFarlane has like other people doing like the spinoff books, but like, yeah, that's the this Todd McFarlane passed off Spawn mm-hmm. at some point, and Stan Sakai's been like the sole person doing Usagi. I, I don't think he'll let anyone else do it ever. Um, though I think maybe the longest running creator with a single character thing has got to either be Savage Dragon because that's Eric Larson's always stayed on it, right? Yeah. Or Usagi. I'm trying to think of another one. Um, I think they're, I think those two are pretty neck and neck. Um, with, a, with a single creator, I was gonna say Hellblazer because that was like. They Hellboy. Aged, they no Hellblazer. They because they aged Constantine, Constantine mm-hmm. in real time. Uh, okay, that was like a single through line for like twenty years or something. Yeah, uh, Marmaduke. Oh yeah, it's definitely Marmaduke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Garfield, if Jim you, Davis. Uh, yeah, if you counted uh, Sunday Funnies, syndicated cartoons. Yeah, I mean, Kathy. Ack, yeah. Ack man. <laughs> Am I right? Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. Ack cab. <laughs> um. <laughs> but talk about a t-shirt yeah at cab so uh yeah i mean i i love i'm a big usagi fan and this book was just like it's like coming home after a college visit and eating your mom's like cooking and stuff you're just like this is familiar this is home like this is what I needed. What what I'm interested in is, as someone who's, like, clearly the, the material interests me. Uh-huh. But as someone who's never read an Usagi comic, yep. is this something I can jump into? Yes, absolutely. Okay, cool. A lot of the Usagi stuff is, like, pick up an issue and have fun with it. Okay. Yeah. Nice. That's why he's so brilliant as a creator. He's just like, I just want to tell fun stories. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if you don't know this person's name or not. Cool. And so... Even like even the collected editions from Dark Horse are pretty cheap. Yeah, and so if you ever want to check them out, like of course you can get it digitally from like places like Omnibus and you know where else. But the collected editions off of Dark Horse and I think you know like Amazon or eBay or whatever, like they're not expensive. Yeah, a lot of them are in black and white too. Mm-hmm. It was a long time before they started doing them in color. The early stuff's a lot of black and white, so you can get a lot of the collected editions on like newsprint, like manga. Mm-hmm. Which is what keeps those so inexpensive. Yeah. So I think there are some collected editions out there that are very affordable. And that actually adds to the charm of it. Like yeah. the black and white newsprint collections are mm-hmm. like, oh man, this is like <laughs> flashback in time. Yeah. Flash, Speed Force. <laughs> That's all I got. And I think we should just end it there. Yep. Wow. Another episode, another adventure. And isn't that what these superheroes give us? A little bit of escapism and a little bit of adventure. We've been the First Issue Club guiding us through and you through that adventure. Power Girl number one. Wow, I'm falling asleep. Definitely read it. Usagi, definitely read it. Flash number one. If he's your thing, read it. Good God. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. See ya. First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy, Greg Licktig, and Andy Vargas. Follow us on social media at First Issue Club and check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com slash first issue club. <laughs>